Welcome back to The Strong Room. Trust planning and charitable giving opportunities are an important part of the life and legacy work being done by McMillan Estate Planning. Here's estate and trust planning specialist, Sherry McMillan, in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. Sherry, let's talk about some specific estate planning strategies that help people protect their wealth, starting with the benefits of trust planning, which is something that I've come to appreciate through conversation with you is a pretty important part of the product that you offer. Yes, Peter, it's not a well-understood area, unfortunately, here in Canada. A trust is really a legal relationship with your estate, and so it's a really unique opportunity is really what we should frame it as. And why I share that with families is typically a lot of the risks that we face as families are faced on an individual basis. So, you know, if we get into a lawsuit, it's personally. If we have the stock market crash, that's not personal. It's outside of us. So a lot of the things that we face are outside of our control, if I can call it that. So a unique thought is, what if we have a third family member of our spouse that doesn't do anything wrong and is well-behaved and we can control it and guide it. I call my husband and I a threesome in our family. We've got this additional member of our family that's always behaved. And the advantage of that particular entity is that you can control and steward your wealth exceptionally well. And it's not a secret that the wealthy have used trusts for hundreds and thousands of years, especially in Britain. We've used trust planning since the 14th century. So this is a very long-standing mechanism. And really what it is, is it's just a holding pot for assets. And then you govern how those assets are utilized. So you can build in rules, you can build in principles, you can build it flexibly or very inflexibly, depending on what you need as a family. So as an example, a cottage, a family cottage. If we were to hold a family cottage in a trust rather than individually, which is what we would normally do, the advantage of that is we have just now dower protected that or protected it from any kind of divorce that all of the family members might experience through the course of their life. And so that's very beneficial if you're trying to have that cottage carry on generation after generation. And then you can use that platform also as a business tool to care for the cottage. So how are expenses paid? Who has time sharing in it? And so you lay out some principles and ground rules so that there's a fairness of equality that happens within the use of that cottage and a governance. And so it's really a tool. And we have the privilege of creating these. I think the interesting thing as well is that quite often the third party in a relationship is often thought of as the Canada Revenue Agency or some of its brothers and sisters around the world. The trust takes the place of that. There are a lot of tax implications to using a trust that work to the benefit of the person who has generated the wealth. Yes, and again, I go back, Peter, there is no secret that trust planning has been utilized to preserve wealth from one generation to the next and minimize income tax. So a really unique opportunity opportunity we have, for example, in Canada is, let's say, a couple, a married couple, husband and wife, split their estate sort of down the middle by way of ownership. And that's a very common approach for retirement planning is you'd own half of the estate and your spouse would own the other half. And then the advantage of that is you can income split through the course of your retirement years. Well, very sadly in Canada, because we don't understand estate planning or the possibility of the use of a trust, what we'll often do is write a will. And it says, I give everything to my spouse. Well, what you've done, in effect, is you've just destroyed the tax plan you built because they inherit everything. And then after they own everything, they're going to pay the highest rate of tax on that wealth go forward. Alternatively, in Canada, we have a special trust called spousal trust. So I can donate all my wealth to my spouse in this holding pot that keeps filing a separate tax return as 
as if I've never died. So that sounds really strange, I realize. But I always tell my husband, I'm going to haunt you. And, you know, it's a unique privilege because it does save us income tax. And so just to give you a case study of that, in Alberta, if you had a million dollars of wealth that was in a trust, you'd save about $14,000 of income tax. That's not a small amount of money on just a million dollars. So, you know, it's a missed opportunity, I think, for many of us that we don't even know we have or the privilege is there. Let's talk about charitable giving. It's an area that is of particular interest to you. I think it's of interest to a lot of people who can afford to be supportive of a variety of ventures. The whole concept of philanthropy is involved in this. And a lot of people in this community have given back to this community for generations after they have gone. Are there some rules? Are there some guidelines that people should use when it comes to charitable giving? I think there certainly are things that we want to contemplate. You know, it is Maslow's hierarchy. And what happens is those of us that have had the blessing and the ability to create wealth come to a point in life that we want to give back. And we want to share that with the community and for the causes that we believe in. And so what we will often see, Peter, is a desire to not only give back in the years of passing, obviously, but what, rather when we're alive, while we're here to see the benefit. Now, I always share with families, you know, that's the reason we should do it. But there is a secondary follow-up reason that we want to think about. And that is normally when you create an estate, whether you like it or not, you're creating a third member of your family called the tax man. And he has a component of your estate. You sure it's a he? Well, I'm not sure. Sometimes they have role reversals. So she can be quite difficult sometimes as well. And that being said, ultimately, I always share that you actually have an additional member of the family called the tax man attached. And One of the privileges that we have in Canada specifically is that when we gift to charity, we actually can replace that tax burden with causes that we feel strongly about. And so this is where you do get to choose your family member. And so I do suggest that families do weigh this into their estate plan very strongly because, you know, if you're going to give away a million or five million in income tax, and that's not an uncommon number with the kind of estates that we're creating in Canada, how much better would that be to to actually create some kind of charity or add to a charity that exists in the moment and see the benefit of that wealth and be able to have the opportunity to direct where it goes. Or create a trust, because the two topics are very much related. That's right, and we're seeing that more and more in modern society. We see families creating foundations. I mean, there's so many privileges that we do have. The point is, though, Peter, that people have to do this from a proactive point of view. If you endeavor to try and create these things in reaction, that family member brings out a hammer and collects that tax regardless. So we always encourage families, do it as young as you can, contemplate it, put it in as part of your whole position. So make it part of your life plan. Don't make it about death. You've chosen a couple of charities personally to to support, and I, I don't know whether you do it personally as as husband and wife, or whether you do it through Macmillan Estate Planning, or whether it makes a difference which way you go with it. That's an excellent point, Peter, and it actually does make a difference whether you do your estate planning and charitable work via corporation versus personal. And so I don't want to speak out of turn today, but usually you have to do a tax calculation. So if you have high earnings on a personal level, you may want the deduction there. If you have passive income in a corporation, you may want it there. So you really actually need to look at the math because the spread can be quite substantial on what tax savings you receive 
receive. And sometimes you do a combination of planning where you'll use all tools and all abilities to deduct personal versus corporate. And so I encourage families to look at the math on it year by year as well, because it can change based on what revenue streams are happening. Well, a company that has a whole bunch of cash in its accounts may find it easier to do some kind of charitable work as a, as the company rather than as the owner for precisely that reason. You're going to give up a lot of that cash at some point to the tax man if you don't move to direct it in, in into one of a number of options that are that that exist and that are possible. And I think we're seeing that obviously a lot of the businesses that become mature in business and have created a very good stable source of income on an annualized basis you start to see them do charitable work in their 5th or 10th year of business or 15th year of business and then you see that start to flourish and there there is a philanthropic rationale behind it evidently obviously that's the primary reason but there is always a secondary backup to to that that there is a tax savings and then that corporation has the privilege of governing where that wealth is utilized in the community and you know we're always driven to have a little bit more control as business owners we don't want to give it to Canada Revenue Agency and wonder what they do with it we'd like to choose typically very quickly while i think of this if a if an owner takes a salary from the company does he maybe take he or she take less of a salary, knowing that there is an cash and accumulation in the company. And how do you handle that? It's an excellent question, Peter. But typically in our current tax tables that we have across Canada, we actually encourage families only to draw out of their corporations, typically from a tax point of view, what they really need to utilize for lifestyle. Because there are tax opportunities and privileges within trust planning and corporate planning where they can optimize that wealth and opportunity cost on money. So we encourage families to look at it from a, a play of monopoly, really, that they're going to get the most use out of the wealth that they're creating. They're going to play with their personal assets as much as they're going to play with the corporate. Our thanks to Sherry McMillan, Melanie Grant, and Peter Watts for their contributions on the program today. At Macmillan Estate Planning, it's all about family. For over two decades, Macmillan Estate Planning has been your premier estate and trust planner, ensuring your retirement, wealth, business, and personal assets. In choosing Macmillan, you have selected the most respected estate planners in Canada, providing families with comprehensive estate planning to minimize tax and maximize wealth. Macmillan Estate Planning, protecting your wealth. If you have any questions, comments, or opinions on today's show, please contact us at macmillanestate.com. This is The Strong Room. 